Hello and welcome back to the latest edition of Kansas City's Northeast Newscast. As always, I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and this week I took a tour of Jay Rieger Distillery with co-founder Ryan Maybe. Maybe talked about the recently announced expansion of the Jay Rieger Distillery, which will quadruple the company's production and create a brand new visitor experience space on the second story of the facility. He also talks about the draw of the East Bottoms, the recent decisions by Urban Provisions and the local pig to leave the neighborhood, his own decision to move to the historic Northeast, his proudest moments of his career, and what the future holds for Jay Rieger and company. Conducted during a tour of the facility, my conversation with Kansas City, Missouri, bar and restaurant aficionado Ryan Maybe begins right now. Thank you, as always, for listening. So Paul Thompson here, standing in, I guess, what will soon be a visitor experience center here for Jay Rieger and Co. That's Tell me what this is going to look like. Right now, it's sort of empty space. It looks nice and clean, but uh, I saw the, the rendering over there of, of, of what it might look like all lit up and, and filled out. Uh, how would you expect to fill this space? Well, we have a, a pretty clear and, and uh, uh, specific vision for what we're going to do. We've been working on this uh, project uh, for about a year and a half with mm-hmm. uh, Gaston Walker, um, the design firm, and you know we've got some. I mean, we have some really big plans and, and visions for this building. So the entryway will be right here on the north side of the building, uh, facing the railroad track. So you'll walk in uh, the door right here, and there will be a uh, you know, front desk. You mm-hmm. know, where you'll be greeted and everything. But you'll immediately see right in front of you all of our production. So we're <laughs> moving all of the. Uh, stills and the fermenters and the milling operation, the bottling line, everything from where they currently are into the center of, of this room. And so you'll walk in the front door and it'll just kind of spill out right in front of you. Right. Uh, as well as the this floor right here, the, the center of the floor is going to be removed. Uh, it originally, when the building was first built in 1901, it, there wasn't a floor there. So upstairs there was a banister overlooking the first floor. It was just floor. on the exterior, essentially? Right. Cool. Um, so we're going to restore that. So we're going to take the floor out in the center. So all the piping and columns and everything from the stills will just go up through the second floor oh, uh, cool. up towards the, the ceiling on the second floor. So uh, from the first floor, you'll be able to look look up uh, and see everything. And then if you're on the second floor, you'll be overlooking the production floor. You could stand here at the front, essentially the front desk, and wave up to a friend who's maybe sitting, leaning yeah. over the banisters and looking well, down. Well, yeah, there'll be glass there, but uh, you know, we, we don't want anything like yeah, falling right, under right, the fermentation right. tanks. Yeah, anything, sure. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, theoretically, yeah. You're better at planning this than me then, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, you'll walk in, you'll be greeted, and then let's say you want to take a tour of the facility and you want to learn about how we make whiskey and gin and learn about the, the story of the uh, mm-hmm. brothers, the Heim family, and Jay Rieger and Co. and all that. We'll have a, an historic exhibit uh, over here on the right, uh, basically detailing our history of, of our brand dating back to 1887, right. um, as well as the history of the building um, and the Heim family and Electric Park and this area, this neighborhood that we're in in Kansas City. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. Talking about, you know, we'll get into some of uh, Kansas City prohibition history and all that, mm-hmm. um, and then how we, we brought it back. Um, just over the last few years. So that story will be told here, um, and then the tour will continue on through the production area into the the warehouse behind us, which will be all barrels at that point. Um, And then we'll end with a a tasting room over here where you get to taste all the spirits and everything, and actually have a real uh, gift shop retail um, area as well. 
So essentially what you're looking at is uh, your present facility mm -hmm. where all this production is happening that you just showed me how the process works will be kind of brought out here to the forefront Absolutely. where people will be seeing it right when they walk in through your front door. Correct. And it'll be a little more um, essentially visitor friendly. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it, although you, you have a very nice dog and, and nice staff. Whenever <laughs> right. I've stopped by, everybody's been very welcoming, but uh, right. it's more designed for visitors. Yeah, I mean, we what we currently have was never designed with the intention of being a guest experience we right. just wanted to focus on making good whiskey and good gin and good booze and mm -hmm. and building the brand um with the hopes of one day being able to expand that uh experience into a, a guest experience so that's what we're we're doing now so uh, essentially from the get-go when this whole mm -hmm. concept was conceived of the right. thought was eventually we want to open this up i mean this space has so much potential that, was that right off the bat or was it shortly thereafter? Well, we always hoped that we would. You know, we knew that um, being in that building right there, uh, connected to the, to the Heim building, uh, we knew that it presented a really awesome opportunity and we had hoped that we would one day be able to do it. We didn't know exactly when and we didn't know 100% for sure if we would be able to. Right. Um, but it was, always a, it was always an opportunity that we, we hoped we could figure out. Well, and, and none of this happens if the brand isn't successful, right? That's a big part <laughs> yeah. of it as well. Yeah, yeah you, you don't, you don't want to so, plan too far in the future and uh, right, right. have your reach exceed your grasp, essentially. Exactly, yeah. Well, cool. You mentioned uh, the kind of prohibition history here. And I, 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 you know, I said before that I had been here before, and that was when you were mm -hmm. digging out that tunnel down there. Right. Um, that... As, I guess opens up into like a little storeroom or like a... No, it doesn't open up into a storeroom. It actually connected this building to the original brewery. So this building was originally the bottling facility for Heim beer. Mm -hmm. So in, in this massive area, and this was used 100% just for bottling their beer mm -hmm. and then shipping it out onto the train mm -hmm. and around the country. Right. Um, but it was brewed just across the way, about I don't know, 150 yards um, across the lot there. Right. And so they piped beer underground and had a maintenance tunnel that connected the two buildings ah. and so that's what that tunnel uh, was so that just for. kept going and going yeah it actually still connects to the original building but that's beyond our property line oh so, is there yeah. some sort of barrier down there no not real well yeah but it is relatively sealed off but mm -hmm. i mean it's we don't know what we're going to do with it right. you know it's it's it was a neat discovery and it was really exciting to uh it got you some buzz it. too right yeah it got us some some buzz that was fun um but we don't know exactly what what if anything we'll be able to do with the uh there's not necessarily any utility to it it's small <laughs> yeah it's tight quarters yeah 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 you're not going to be doing tours down there no and so we're on the first floor there's obviously a second floor and a staircase Correct. over there right can you maybe describe what what the vision is for that yeah, um, we can walk up. Yeah, let's do it. Um, we're actually going to install a staircase right here in this mm -hmm. corner. So, so on the you know, northeast side? The tour, yeah, on the northeast corner. Um, the tasting room will be right there. Um, the retail gift shop kind of area will be right here. And then sure. there will be a massive staircase right there in the corner that goes up to the second floor. So that will be the, the primary entrance to the second floor. This stairwell will remain, but it's mainly going to go into our offices. Yeah, staff. Yeah. Yeah, so it will be separated or cordoned mm -hmm. off. Yeah. Well, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. People will be able to walk around the, fr the first floor, but the second floor is going to be where you're really I'll kind of you. highlighting it. Gotcha. So you'll walk in, you know, all the production behind you. You see how the floors are moved. Mm -hmm. um, you can look up into under the second floor. Awesome. Over here on the left, you got our retail space. There's a little bar over there for the tasting and all that. Mm -hmm. So Very that cool. is a fairly accurate uh, representation of what it's going to look like. Wow pretty awesome 
I like what you're doing with the lights too, with the mm-hmm. uh, the kind of hanging lights. It's, mm-hmm. Is that some sort of an ode to the Electric Park history of this place? Maybe a little bit. I mean, we try and you know weave the stories together as much sure. as we possibly can. Cool. So it's going to be a full-on tasting. You want people to come down here and spend an hour or two or more. And... Yeah, we want people to have a good time. So that's the second floor. So you see there's a, like, where I just described where that staircase is. Yeah, sure, that's, that's really Imagine more. this photo is taken, like, from standing at the top of it. Right. So you're in the northeast corner. You're looking in that direction. You know, you're seeing the production facility behind the bar and overlooking the first floor. And then there's a full bar right there. Neat. Seating space. And then over on the right side will be a larger event space. Would there be enough space to do like a wedding reception or something like it, that? It's absolutely designed to be a private event space. So, okay. you know, whatever the, the purpose is, it's it's meant to, to put larger larger groups of people in there for, for big parties. Cool. And do you anticipate serving food or anything of that nature? Well, yeah. I mean, we'll have a small uh, small prep kitchen. Right. Um, so we won't be a full-service restaurant right. on, on site. Um, but for private parties and everything, you know, that's just a, a catering arrangement. Right. You know? Sure. Absolutely. And um, so, what is the timeline? How, how soon do you expect? To, when can I come by and hang out? Um, we're aiming for off the clock, I guess. Yeah, we're aiming for early uh, to midsummer next year. So, May, oh, really? May or June. So things are essentially already getting underway. Yes, um, we've been working on it for a long time. Uh, we just waited to make the formal announcement until we were like we knew it was ready to go, like ready to like, right. actually start uh, doing it. So. And so we just walked to the second floor. I mean, it actually looks pretty cool up here. You could almost do, like, underground parties up here if you wanted to. That actually has happened. Has it? Yeah. I mean, not not under our control, but before we owned the building, there were occasionally there were things up here. So, Hmm. yeah. As it relates to the expansion, what gave you the confidence to take the plunge on that? Um, I I think probably the biggest thing was just the um, overwhelming response that we got for the brand from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it far exceeded our, our initial expectations. And um, I mean, people in Kansas City are tremendously proud and proud of and loyal to local companies. And mm-hmm. I think with our history and legacy dating back to the 1800s, having revived this, uh, this brand after being essentially dead for 95 years, and sure. it's something that people can really get excited about. So I, I, that's probably the, the biggest factor was just the um, overwhelming passion that people have for for what we're doing yeah and on that front you mentioned uh, like the brand recognition do you you anticipate maybe reviving the heim brand at all and doing some stuff with that at least some promotional type stuff we'll we'll see (laughs) i'm I'm not going to comment on that (laughs) all right well i don't want to burst the bubble (laughs) we're definitely going to tell the story i mean we're gonna it's gonna be a part of the historic exhibit we're gonna let people know who the heim brothers were the heim the heim beer brand electric park all that we want to make sure that we we uh, tell that story and, and educate people on that because I think it's a big part of Kansas City history. So let's look into the future here. Can you kind of describe, let's, um, let's do pie in the sky. Mm-hmm. Five years from now, what does this area look like and what does the East Bottoms around it look like? Well, I think I, I know what this, you know, this uh, building looks like five years from now, but um, around it, I think we're, we're going to you know, create a, a pretty big spark uh, mm-hmm. for this neighborhood. I mean, the, the north, the, the northeast or east bottoms area, you know, has been, uh, especially down here in the east bottoms, has been kind of a blighted area for some time now. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it was prohibition. And this, this neighborhood was humming back mm-hmm. at the, in the early 1900s. I mean, right. this was a vibrant part of Kansas City. And you think about the impact that, uh, 
that um, prohibition had and how much damage it did. Mm -hmm. You know, it, the area never fully recovered. Um, you really got to take your hat off to knuckleheads for sure. being here for like 15 years. And, pretty awesome. You know, in an area that just doesn't have a whole lot else to offer. Yeah, know? I've never come down here. You know, whenever I go see a concert at Knuckleheads, you know, whenever you take an Uber or something, and they're always wondering, like, like where, is where are you taking me? Right. I can't imagine that there's a venue here. And then you kind of mm. take the last mm. turn and you see it. And right. And but I think what we're doing is going to uh, be, you know, it's it's, it's going to probably lead to a lot more uh, interest in the area. So I would like to see some other businesses. I would like to see more people living down here. Um, it would be great if there, it can be better connected to, say, uh, Riverfront Berkeley Park and the, and the River Market. Like, sure. have a more seamless uh, transaction between those neighborhoods. I think that would be great. Well, that's actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, is how much does the development of Berkeley Riverfront inform your decision to kind of go all in down here you know there's it, it going to be a really, giant it, apartment you know I, I love what, what's finally happening in, in Berkeley Riverfront Park I've been at Bar K almost every day since they've opened yeah. you know I, I think it's absolutely awesome and it mm -hmm. probably is long overdue mm -hmm. you know for Kansas City to um, you know uh, revitalize the riverfront sure. you know it's a valuable piece of real estate um, it didn't have anything to do with our decision. We were gonna, we were gonna do what we're doing down here anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's, uh, it's great to see that happen, and it just shows that, you know, if we can connect the neighborhoods, um, I think it would be really valuable to everybody down here and to Kansas City. Now, and I haven't been to Barquet yet. That's interesting you said that. But <clears throat> last time I was down at Berkeley Riverfront for an event, you kind of sit there and you look out at the river and you wonder. Why isn't there a rooftop bar right down here? It's beautiful. Overlooking it. I mean, it's awesome to look at. It's beautiful, yeah. It's a great, right. great it's, piece of Kansas City. And so City. many other cities take advantage of that stuff by just building all around their right. bodies of water. Yeah, so. you know, the, the riverfront, I think, has been a, a political boondoggle for some time now right. in, in KC. But I'm glad that they finally figured it out. Barquet is amazing. And, and that uh, union. Do you have uh, to have a dog to go no, down there? No, you, you can, can just go in. And I mean, if you have a dog, it's a ten dollar uh, fee to get in mm -hmm. for a day, or you can do an, an annual membership. It's like two hundred twenty bucks a year, mm. so it's actually really cheap when you think about it. Yeah. Um, and then if you don't have a dog, you can just go in and hang at the bar, <laughs> have coffee, have yeah. have a beer. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I might have to check that out then. That's a I'll take that as a glowing endorsement. So what's special to you about the East Bottoms? I think you touched on some of the things that, that make this area. Well, I think the history more than anything else, the history of, of what the Heim uh, family actually did uh, to this area is really special. And then Electric Park is is a, a great story. Yeah, it's really uh, cool. In its own. So we're hoping to kind of bring back that name and that identity uh, and incorporate that into the neighborhood and, and what we're doing. So I think those are the two most, uh, most special things about, about this neighborhood. And did it ever give you pause at all when you when you're hearing stories about um, urban provision, local mm -hmm. pig leaving the area, or, or is that something that maybe emboldened you? Yeah, I mean it, it's disappointing. I, I like both of those those businesses. I thought urban provisions was really a, a fun little store. Yeah. Um, and local pig, you know, is spectacular. <laughs> I mean, they've really built uh, a hell of a reputation. Yeah. So it's unfortunate to see them go, but at the same time, I think it's part of the process. You right. Know, I think you see that happen. Uh, in every developing neighborhood, mm -hmm. unfortunately, and, and honestly, like I was impressed with Urban Provision's ability to uh, do the amount of business that they did because they're not in a f heavy foot traffic area. Right, you, you got to come that, here for that. Which you usually, when you're talking about a little boutique uh, retail store like that, um, you really do need a lot of foot traffic. So I thought they were. It was pretty impressive what they accomplished. And then Local Pig is just, you know, 
uh, kind of a, a Kansas City icon. So right. um, yeah. we, we know that somebody will replace them. Right. And we just hope that it's something that adds some, you know, something valuable to the neighborhood. Is there a thought about Jay Rieger having some sort of uh, move across the street and, and filling that void in There's some all capacity? Kinds of, all kinds of thoughts and, and dreams and wild ideas, but I think we've got our hands full. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> plenty going on with this building. <clears throat> I want to ask a little bit about the distilling process. What, what's the most difficult aspect of it that maybe the general public doesn't really understand? Well, I don't actually do the day-to-day distillation. That yeah. might be a better question for our head distiller, Nathan, mm-hmm. um, because him and him and his two assistant distillers handle the production on a day-to-day basis. But um, but it is very physical labor. Right. I mean, there's a lot. You, you saw the the sacks of grain that weigh two thousand pounds sure. and a thirty thousand, you know, three thousand gallon. Uh, holding tank and I mean there's and moving barrels around and you know it, it isn't easy work right um, but uh, you know I think uh, from a from a more overall perspective I think as we're building a brand um, consistency is one of the biggest challenges and something that's really vital uh, to our uh, to our growth and to our success is to make sure that you know when we're making uh, our whiskey and our vodka and our gin and, and everything on a day-to-day basis that um, there's not a lot of variation or no variation, you know, mm-hmm. from one bottle to the next. Like keeping that that consistent, you know, when there are variables that come up, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's one of the bigger overarching um, challenges. No, absolutely. No, that's a good point. And um, obviously, if you sit around and watch long enough, it it does. There's a lot of bustle and a lot of stuff happening down here. Right. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, you mentioned before that you actually moved to the Northeast area, and that that, that mm-hmm. was important to you as you kind of undergo this expansion here to be right there in the neighborhood what's your impression Mm. of the northeast i love it i think it's um it's very obvious that it is an emerging uh neighborhood uh currently in kansas city i think it's unfortunately been neglected for a really long time you know it's one of the oldest and most historic areas in kansas city with some of the most beautiful homes that you're going to find um ever built in kc i mean homes dating back to the the late 1800s and and early 1900s and it's, it's stunning but um, unfortunately, you know, it, it's kind of been, uh, you know, um, it's, it's declined for a long time. So I think, you know, there's a lot of potential for, for the neighborhood to be revitalized and, and cleaned up a bit, um, see more people moving, moving down here. But I always like to be, I like to, when I invest in a business and, and doing something like that, I, I go 100% in. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I opened my, my bar, in the, my first bar in the Crossroads, J.P. Mm-hmm. Wine Bar back in 2006, mm-hmm. uh, that was at a, a similar time where the Crossroads was like really on this early cusp of what it now is. You mm-hmm. know, it was 12 years ago and I moved down there. So not only did I open a business there, but I moved, moved into the neighborhood because I want to understand the neighborhood and and, and become a part of that fabric. See what people it, need or what people are looking for. Sure. And yeah. so for, you know, for 10 years, I lived, lived in the crossroads, you know, after opening uh, JP and then Manifesto and the Rieger. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've lived within uh, two blocks of the Rieger over the last, uh, you know, eight years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's really important to me. I wanted to, I, I wanted to experience that here as well. And you're kind of like an institution around Kansas City then. You talk about uh, the efforts you had in the crossroads before that kind of blew up. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure in a way it felt like it was already blowing up when you started those. <clears throat> but um, what's been kind of your proudest moment in terms of kind of helping to rebuild the scene here in Kansas City? Um, proudest moment? I don't know. That's hard to say. But, I mean, you know, the fact that Manifesto and the Rieger are still there. Manifesto is almost 10 years old. I mm-hmm. think that's 
hard for any bar right. uh, to accomplish. Sure. You know, it's a tough business um, for the Rieger to be open now almost eight years, and I, I think you know those are, are going to be long-standing institutions in in KC and in the crossroads. At least I, I hope they will be. So that makes me really proud. But um, you know, I, I think seeing the the city embrace um, the the creative ideas uh, that a lot of small business owners such as myself bring to the table. So like all the people that were creative and passionate about doing really cool things in in the crossroads and, you know, making Kansas City better and then seeing the, the city respond and embrace that is really amazing. So like for example the, the streetcar. Mm-hmm. You know, like seeing that actually come to fruition. And that's is, coming to Berkeley Riverfront. Exactly. Yeah. So that's amazing. I love to see that. You mentioned uh, kind of being able to create something that turns into an institution in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to do. Well, what, what's the key to creating something that has that kind of longevity? I have no idea. If you knew it, you'd be doing it everywhere, <laughs> right. all over town, right? Well, you right. kind of you are, right? Yeah. No, I, I think just, you know, having a set of core principles and values and being passionate about it, not just creating something just, you know, for the purpose of uh, selling it or you know, um, creating a concept, but like something that has something, something deeper than that. Like you, I would never, ex- never describe the, the Rieger as being, uh, a concept. People mm-hmm. ask me like, well, what's the concept of the Rieger? I'm like, I don't know. It's, uh, you can't put that into words mm-hmm. because it's, it's not just a concept, but it's a place, right. you know, it's a, it's very intrinsically connected to a, a physical location in that old Rieger hotel building, Sure, you know, which gives it a lot of character and tells a story. Same thing here with the Heim. Right. You know, the Heim, you know, our distillery down here and, and the way we're going to resurrect the, the history of Electric Park and, and the Heim name and all that, it's not a concept. It's not a conceptual idea. It's like actually a, a place with a, a story to tell. Well, so is that history then maybe something that's to key to it. you yeah, about history, built history. in? Yeah, it has a lot to do with it for yeah. sure. Baked into the cake and yeah. then um, you kind of build your brand around that history? Absolutely. Maybe that's the key. Yeah. We'll find out. Well, um, I, I really appreciate you taking some time and talking to me today and um, taking the tour up here. I think everybody's really excited about what's going to happen here in the future. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. That concludes my interview with Ryan Maybe, co-founder of Jay Rieger & Company. You've been listening to the latest episode of Kansas City's Northeast Newscast. As always, I'm your host, Paul Thompson, signing out.